Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone's having a great day. Today, I had a really good chat with one of my former housemates and um, fellow Western alumni, Jean Young. Jean was a great person to have onto the podcast because in the past year, I think she's had three different jobs. So, you know, this is a girl who she's worked hard, wasn't 100% sure of what she wanted to do when she graduated. And it's a good example to show that a career and your jobs, it's not super linear all the time and you never really can 100% determine and dictate what your job is going to be after you graduate. She got her degree in criminology with a minor in French and now she works in trusts and estates. Um, she's a trust and estates associate for Scotiabank. So, you know, this girl did not think that she would end up, you know, working at a bank in the finance realm or section after she you know she went to school for criminology um, and French but it's good to this is a good example and a good episode to showcase how you know what you go to school for and what you study it doesn't have to define you know what your job and what your career path is going to look like you can go to school for one thing thinking you're gonna pursue one thing and then when you get into the real world you know that can look completely different so I do hope you guys enjoy the episode and again if you have any questions afterwards for Jean or for myself, um, just message me on the JobShare Podcast Instagram. It's just at the JobShare Podcast and we will answer any questions you've got. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. So it's been like crazy. I feel like I've been drinking from a fire hose for the last like year and a half. <laughs> Cause I just been, I've already had three full-time jobs since last October. And then I just finally started getting used to like finance lingo and jargon from my previous role. And now I just jumped into this new thing that it's like a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. I'm very excited to ask you about, you know, the jobs you had before your current job, like what you think of your current one compared to your other ones. I'm very excited to ask. So why don't you tell me a bit about like yourself? Give me some background, what you've been up to, like what's been going on. <laughs> Just tell me who you are. Like, I don't even know you. <laughs> um. Well, I guess I can start by saying that my name is Jean, like a pair of jeans. And I graduated from Western in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic Um yeah, 2020 gang. <laughs> and um, yeah, since then, I actually studied criminal, well, actually, backtrack, I went to school for criminology in French, thinking I wanted to pursue law. And then <clears throat> that didn't really work out. And then I realized that I still have a interest and passion for business because I enjoy people a lot more than just, you know, litigation or reading and textbooks. So I decided law school was not for me and I wanted to switch my uh, focus back to business, but I had no idea what the heck to do because business is so vague and nobody tells you what options there are. It was in university when you realized that you didn't want to pursue law anymore and like you wanted to pursue business, even though you didn't go to school for business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sorry at the point at the point that I realized I wish I went into business. I also had this voice in my head, of course, that I think most people feel is that, oh, 
you can't change your degree now because you're going to delay your <clears throat> graduation. And I didn't want to graduate later. Like I wanted to graduate with all my friends and, you know, be at the same kind of ride of life as mm-hmm. we say it together. But then after I finished my degree, I was like, it wasn't even a big deal if I did change my degree halfway through because most half of my friends are doing more school now or stayed in school for an extra year and the other half are working. So we have to, I just had to kind of realize that as much as I want to go the same um, speed as all my friends, everybody decided to do different things. So now that I think about it, like if I were to do it again, I probably would have just switched halfway through, even if I had to delay by a semester or a year for graduation just to pursue business. But right now, I don't think it was really much of a like barrier of entry into the working field without a business degree. I feel like I was able to network my way into most of my jobs. Like I, they definitely didn't hire me because of my degree. <laughs> so yeah, um, but While I was at school, I really enjoyed playing volleyball, going out with my friends, including you and all of my other housemates. So it was a fun time. I also love eating and cooking. Uh, I don't like cleaning at all. So yeah, if I ever find friends that want to just clean and I cook, that could work. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I can't believe you don't like cleaning. I like cleaning. You clean. (laughs) I clean. You cook. We should live together. (laughs) Deal. Deal. But yeah. You brought up a good point of like, you know, not necessarily doing exactly what your friends are doing, right? Because Mm -hmm. everyone wants to do different things. Like I originally just wanted to get like the four years of undergrad done and over with and like get Mm -hmm. a job, just like kind of get school out of the way. But other people you know, can see themselves staying in school for a while. And like, even in my last two years, I was like, kind of thinking maybe I could do law school. Um, But, you know, other factors came up. And, you know, I did kind of realize that I may be done with school forever. But, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. things can change. Like, I could go back. So you could go back, like, anything can happen. Yeah, I don't know. Anything can happen. But I have no idea what those things will be so I guess that's just like the fun of it tell me about uh like so you work at Scotiabank so tell me Mm -hmm. how like you first got that job like did you start there as like an intern or tell me about that so my first ever experience with Scotia was actually back in the summer of 2019 when I interned in the philanthropy and marketing department so Back to my education being super irrelevant, I just decided to do internships in business and kind of see where that would lead me to. And before Scotiabank, I actually ended up doing an internship uh, in Hong Kong for Morgan Stanley doing event marketing. And then that kind of led me into developing a good foundation for me to start networking and reaching out and building a little bit more confidence that even though I didn't study business, I can do business related jobs. And that's how I found my way to Scotia. And I interned there for the summer and I kept in touch with my senior manager and all of the recruiters. And so when I got into my final year of school at Western, I actually applied to a marketing and technology rotational program. And that was where I would do four internships within marketing and tech industry for a year. And unfortunately, that program got rescinded due to COVID. So I graduated, then was unemployed. And 
because of my relationships with the recruiters at Scotia, I remember this one woman named Holly Wong. She's the best. Um, I reached out to her and I kind of explained to her my situation. And I did mention to her, like, I've always been interested in going back to the bank, but in more of a, I guess, financial role. But what can I do if I didn't study finance in school? Because I didn't even know that you could work at a bank without a finance degree because there was like marketing, philanthropy, you know, all these departments that I had the pleasure to intern in. And then finally, she said, like, you know what, with your interest and your skills and your personality, I think that wealth management would be a financial stream that's right for you. And I'll let you know when we start recruiting for the following year. So that was like five months ago. Uh, no, sorry. That was five months prior to her start of recruiting. And I, during those five months, I was still nonstop networking because part of me also wanted to go into marketing full-time or sponsorships or something creative and uh, people-facing because I'm definitely driven by people. And then finally, when she reached out, she said, hey, like we're recruiting for next year's cohort. Um, and this was at the end of the summer. And I started in the next summer, like the start of next summer. So she's like, are you still looking? And at that point, you know, I had nothing to lose because I was having a lot of conversations with different industry leaders trying to figure out what industry is right for me. And I haven't really spoken to anyone in wealth. So I decided like, you know, I'm going to start talking to people in wealth and see how that goes and apply. And I applied and went through the recruiting process. And then I was accepted into the program. And so that's why I decided, okay, you know, like, you don't know what you don't know is the, my life model all of my past experiences, you know, working at the bank prior, I didn't know those departments existed. I didn't know that they hired people to do philanthropy and marketing stuff. <laughs> so I decided to accept it. And then in the meantime, I was working at Skip the Dishes as a territory manager. So I started that pretty much last October. Uh, it was like the middle of COVID, you know, a lot of negative stigma towards uh, food delivery platforms. And I was doing account managing. So I managed about 400 restaurants in um, the GTA. So that was a really cool experience. Uh, I learned a lot. There was a lot of parallels in sales that I actually saw in my, uh, in my job later on at Scotia. So about eight months in, that's when I left Skip and I started at Scotia. And then through that training program that we had, it's a wealth management training program for a year. Um, I kind of, you know, fielded my way through multiple different business lines within wealth management at Scotia to finally choose the business line that I just started in last week. Okay. So, so the program that you got into, like it was a year long and during that year you got to like kind of try out different areas of business until you landed on the one you're currently on and you decided that's the one you want to pursue? Yeah. So right now, today is what, November already. So I started back in June. Um, so it's technically a one-year training program um, to fully train like Scotiabank fully funds all of your certifications, and all of your license exams, as well as provide you a huge 
um, opportunity to network internally within the bank. So there's so many um, people that work at the bank. The wealth management division is massive. There's so many different streams of it that you can join. There's, you know, private banking, there's trust and estate consulting, there is um, MD financial, which is like financial advising for physicians. There's also McLeod, which is wealth advisors. And there's also private investment council, which is like wealth advisors as well in McLeod, but it's more structured in a way. Like McLeod is a very entrepreneurial wealth advisory role because you have to go out and get your own clients. So if you were to choose McLeod, which is the wealth advisor route, then you would stay in the program for the whole year. But if you chose one of the specialized routes, which I did, I chose the um, estate and trust consultant role uh, within Scotia Trust, which by the way, is the largest trust company in Canada. So that was pretty cool. But they're like a smaller department internally, but they're like strong and strong, but mighty type of thing. Um, and so because I chose the specialized route, I actually exited the program early. So we exit everybody that chooses the specialized route will exit the program November 1st. So during the last five months, I pretty much spent like different weeks within different business lines, having coffee chats, networking with different teams, different people, helping and doing work for different teams and people as well to kind of see, you know, is this for me? You know, for example, in McLeod, to be a wealth advisor, part of your role is going to get uh, clients, right? Business acquisition. And so one of the ways that a lot of like older advisors did when like a long time ago, I think before 2008, they were, there were no really regulations on how to go and get business. So you can just cold, uh, cold call whoever you want, but now you can only cold call business owners and businesses. So I actually have the opportunity to shadow and help this one wealth advisor cold call. So like that was pretty cool because not a lot of people like it. You know, it's a very sales uh, kind of activity and there's a lot of rejection. It's a numbers game. So that actually helped a lot of my friends in the program field out that they didn't want to do McLeod because they thought that it was a very uh, aggressive and risky, like it's kind of like a high risk, high reward type of role, but I still was very interested in, in it. So that's why I was debating between McLeod and trust for the longest time. Um, and trust and estate planning is is a really cool field because it's a very niche market. Like there's only about 30 estate and trust consultants at the bank across Canada. And there's like hundreds and thousands of different wealth advisors in the cloud across Canada. So it's definitely a place that I want to learn from because it's just so uh, unique and niche that it would be a really good uh, knowledge gain for me down the road. So that's how I, decided on it it was very stressful like shadowing period because I was one out of eight people in the 22 of us program that was undeclared so I felt like I was back in school choosing a major uh, but I had to choose a business line and it wasn't like a temporary business line where I knew that I'm just going to be there for a year it's kind of like starting out my career so you know I had to kind of spread myself a little bit too thin because I needed to make sure I had enough time to get to know each business line, see people's day to day, see if it's for me, what I want to do, and then decide because they had to, you could only choose one business line to interview for, you know, in a perfect world, I could have just interviewed for 
two or three and then rank them and they choose me, right? But you pretty much have to just commit to the business line without knowing if you would get a spot. So that was like the scary part. But I ended up being able to plant my seed uh, with networking within Scotia Trust since I started in the program and was able to create a spot for myself on the team because they actually haven't hired um, anyone in the program since 2018. So that was a cool thing that I was like proud of. Um, and so now that I'm in it, there's definitely a lot to learn and a lot of uh, like it's a very steep learning curve. But yeah, it's exciting. And I'm excited to learn and apply those skills and hopefully make a positive impact. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you really enjoy working at Scotiabank. Can you see yourself kind of staying there for a while? Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, it was definitely a big change going from a startup to, well, it wasn't really a startup. Skip was a large company, but like the environment was more startup environment vibes <laughs> yeah. um and then coming into the bank it's just a lot more organized and structured and you know uh the thing that i liked about it was just having transparent conversations with anybody in the bank and they were able to provide insight that was not biased in a way because everybody was trying to help me figure out what the best uh business line was and you know there are the one or two people that are obviously biased with their own business line and want me to join their business line but there are even people who were in mcleod were t telling me everything that they knew about the other business lines like private banking trusts etc and i was able to just talk to them and say this is what i'm interested in this is what i am um like this is my fear like this is where i have weak points like, what should I do? And that's why I really like that uh, everyone at Scotia is just uh, easy to talk to. And there's transparency to having conversations, even with my managers and directors of what that progression would look like. You know, once I start my new role, what point should I be in about six months, a year? And like, what kind of career can I develop through that? So, so far, so good. <laughs> but I have no idea what's going to happen down the road. I'm just trying to take in um, any learning opportunities I can and then figure out what to do as I kind of continue along. But so far, I can definitely see myself uh, staying within Scotia and learning and working with the people that I'm working with uh, in Scotia, uh, sorry, Scotia Trust. So, yeah. Very cool. I think this is just super cool because like you said, you went to school to study criminology in French and that's what mm -hmm. you kind of thought you'd be doing and you never really thought that you would probably end up getting a bank job or doing the kind of work that you're doing. So I know you mentioned like that if you did it over, you'd probably have would have switched your special specialization at school. But even if you do keep going like you did with the, the degree that you have, like you were still able to get this job so like your degree doesn't necessarily have to define you solely like you know for me I specialized in HR but I feel like if I wanted to switch it up and get like a job in marketing or um, you know operations or something like that that wouldn't like that wouldn't not be an option right so I just think um, people put a lot of pressure on themselves for like schooling and what to pursue and stuff and I feel like it's good to know that like no matter what you do end up um, like getting your degree in or specialize specializing in 
it doesn't like necessarily lock in and define what you have to do with the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree because after I thought about it, like when I want to go back to school, I would redo it again. Um, throughout my recruiting process for all of the jobs that I've ever had, uh, I actually found that having a non-traditional background was something that uh, kind of dis- differentiated myself with other people. And that was kind of something that sparked someone's interest, like an employer, like, oh, why does she want to work here? You know, like genuinely asking and uh, for out of curiosity, like, oh, you know, she'll study criminology in French. Why does she want to do marketing? Why does she want to do sales? Why does she want to be in finance? And I think that that's something that definitely helped me. So even though I think that I would, I guess, like going back to that answer of going back to school, I would do business again, probably just for my sole uh, university experience of actually studying something that I'm super interested in. Uh, For that, I would go back to do business. But if I were to do it again, I would just choose something that is actually non-traditional because that is something that helps set me apart from others. And even in this program, you know, when I first started, I definitely felt huge amount of imposter syndrome because I am one out of 22 and there's only like two or three of us that did not study business whatsoever. And everybody else has finance degrees, has MBAs, has masters of engineering, like something like super impressive that can be related and transferred into uh, wealth management. But then in my first week, we actually had to submit a business plan, you know, as an assignment, an activity to kind of like exercise what we learned and how we want to apply that. And at the end of the week, um, my program manager uh, gave out like a little gift card to whoever had like the best business plan. And out of the 22 people, we were sitting on the team's call and she announced that I the one with no business degree actually received (laughs) the best business plan. And I think that the reason why I did get the best business plan out of the whole uh, program was because I had a different perspective. You know, what I learned in school, if I were to have done business, they probably would have taught me how to problem solve or approach a situation a certain specific way. Whereas in criminology and French, it was just so uh, different. And there's so many different perspectives that I can look at, like different angles and approaches. I think that kind of helped my creativity to really, I guess, exude that energy into the business plan and making it look, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but also having enough content that was relevant and persuasive. So I think that that's why, you know, having those different degrees, there's always like transferable skills that you can use into the next job. So like, even with you in HR, there's so many skills and experience that you've gained that is so applicable in marketing. So that's the cool thing about, you know, just having jobs that even if it's not relevant to your degree, you can find ways to apply what you learn into it. And then what you don't know, like your job can just teach you so much. Like Scotiabank is teaching you so much. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Something they emphasize was that they can teach you the technical skills, but that nobody can really teach you soft skills. Um, those are things that you have to work on on yourself, right? Or they would rather te- um, hire somebody that is teachable than someone that is super smart, but you know has a bad attitude towards work because it makes a big difference who you're working with on a day-to-day. Yep, absolutely. 
So I wanted to ask you about your work-life balance. Like, do you think you have good oh. work-life balance? Oh, what God. are your hours? Like I noticed even tonight, like before we were recording, you had a phone call with your boss. Like how often does yeah. that happen? Just, just describe your work-life balance. I mean, honestly, it's just really random at times because I'm so new. They're still get, getting me access to different systems and I'm still training. So that's why I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, but even then I feel like because I am always so focused on trying to, you know, prove myself or make a good impression at work and actually adding value. Um, sometimes it is hard for me to find a work-life balance. And I'm definitely someone that still hasn't really gotten into a routine as embarrassing as that may be for me to, uh, tell everyone, but it's true. Like sometimes I just get so swamped or so sucked into this work thing that I'm just drained because every time I finish work, like I, I work a typical like nine to five. Once I transitioned into this new trust role, um, it's kind of like an eight 30 to four, but everyone in trust wakes up super early. So now I have to try to be a more of a morning person so that I can sign off earlier. But then after work, I always have something that uh, I have to go to, to catch up with different friends and see my family. And it's hard. Like I didn't, I knew it was, it was going to be hard to balance your social life and your work life once you graduated from school, because when we were in school, we had so much autonomy to schedule our days around what we want to do. And our friends were two minutes away. You know, we can see many of them at once. Like I definitely feel that once I started, I had to be a lot more intentional with my time in terms of, I work pretty much my whole day is gone. And then I only have like a couple hours after work before I go to bed, like seeing my friends and family was something of priority for me. So sometimes I tend to like prioritize that too much that I get too tired. And then it kind of affects my like, you know, concentration at work because I'm so tired because I wanted to see my friends and family. So work-life balance, still working on that. Um, but other than that, like, it's been fun to just have a, like, a structure in terms of like work and then like seeing your friends, but definitely uh, hard for me to find that me time, I guess, to really focus on other hobbies that I have or making sure I have like a healthier routine, like exercising or getting enough sleep. Um, but I think that that will come with time. Yep, absolutely. I think we kind of touched on everything I wanted to talk about. Was there anything that you could think of that you wanted to add or, or throw in or? give advice or anything it depends on what your uh you know your audience is looking to learn uh, I don't know if there's like a specific advice that they want to have uh me say but I guess the biggest thing for me as a takeaway from what I've been doing since I graduated and even in school is just to always like be curious to know about others and having those conversations where you have genuine conversations to be able to have that connection and understand really what's going on with that person or the work that they do, because that actually does lead to a lot of opportunities down the road that you have absolutely no idea and not letting, you know, what you studied in school stop you from applying for that job that you think is cool, but don't have the technical background for, um, 
because everything is transferable. And I think that that's something that I also live by. And if you don't think it's transferable, just fake it till you make it because there are ways for you to find and identify gaps that you know that, oh, this experience that I had in my internship, although it was in marketing and event planning, I can apply this into estate and trust consulting because of this, this, this. And, you know, I've pretty much gotten all these jobs without like real experience, but experiences that I could talk about that were transferable. And I was able to make those connections too. So I guess that's like really the only <laughs> advice I ever give to people when they reach out to me, like other students that are still in school, like just, just go for it and see what happens. Cause not in a million years that I know that I was going to work at a bank in finance, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I was going to go back to the bank for marketing or something, but yeah, here I am still figuring it out. But I mean, it's kind of cool. And also like one thing, the last thing to add too is like, you know, the technical stuff of finance definitely scared me, still scares me. But, you know, when I first started it um, and taking those exams, once I passed that first exam, I realized like, oh, okay, this is something that I can do if I put my mind to it because it's something that I want. And even people who have their masters that were in the program didn't pass that exam on the first try and I did so I was like oh this is kind of interesting to to know that not everything that they teach you in school is applicable and even the things that we learned in this program nobody really taught my business friends uh, personal finance and all of these wealth management concepts um, when they were studying business at university. So they didn't learn these things until they got to the program. So I thought that that was a reassuring thing to know that you can really learn anything that they throw at you if you have the right mentors and the right teachers and also like a good support system. So it was nice to have a program like cohort. So every pain full exam we went through, we went through together. So that was cool. Yeah. Amazing. That's really good advice. You're very wise. I'm just very proud wow. of you. You've come I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you've come so far, you know, all those late nights and early mornings studying at the table and you just mm-hmm. look at me going, I don't know what to do and freaking yeah. out about oh freaking out I about just... that midterm or that exam. Yeah. And it's like all in the past and this is where we are now. And yeah. I remember like Karina uh, like both of our friend, uh, she was saying like, it's just so ironic that, you know, in school, you just never wanted to be in school. You never wanted to study because I, I definitely don't like studying. I prefer learning everything hands-on and through experiences. Um, I just like, didn't really believe that. Why would I want to read this textbook if I'm going to learn this in person somewhere else? Um, and then I happened to land in this job where I had to take a lot of exams. So yeah. <laughs> that was the irony to it. Um, but yeah, I knew I just wanted to get out of school. I, I liked school for the social experience and the friends that I made and the the life skills that I learned. But yeah, it was interesting to see me do the switch. And even in this new role, even if even though I'm not going the wealth advisor route, I'm actually going into the estate and trust practitioner designation so that's something else that's going to take two years to get so I have to do an exam like every six months and so there's still more to learn so I guess even though you're not in school you still learn but at least this is more applicable to my real life yeah and you're just gonna learn so much along the way so it'll all be worth it (laughs) all my friends 
Well, thank you for recording tonight. I'm so happy we found time to make this work. Yeah, thank you for having me and for thinking of uh, doing this podcast with me. I am honored. <laughs>